everyone, welcome to Gateway Church. And to all our mothers tuning in online, we'd like to wish you a very happy Mother's Day. We are so excited that you're here. Pastor Robert has an amazing word planned for us, but before we turn our attention to the message, we're going to enter into a time of worship. And we encourage you to engage in this time, to stand wherever you are, to lift your hands as we worship the Lord together. Hey everyone, we just want to invite you to worship with us, just right there, wherever you're watching in your home, just invite God's presence, He's there with you right now, amen. When darkness tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow tries to steal the joy I own. When brokenness and pain is all I know, I won't be shaken, I won't be shaken, and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, and my fear doesn't stand a chance.
Lord, thank you that you're breaking off shame over every person right now. Lord, as we worship, come on, let's sing this. And I am standing on the rock. I am standing in your love. I am standing on the rock, my firm foundation, my firm foundation. Thank you for your love, your love that's faithful. It's always there. You haven't forgotten about us. Even in our homes, you're right there with us. Your presence, your love is all around us.
today for the overwhelming love of our God. Everything that God brings is overwhelming. He brings overwhelming peace. He brings overwhelming love. But oftentimes, the most overwhelming part of our lives is actually our circumstances. It reminds me of the story in Numbers 13 where Moses sends 12 spies to the land of Canaan to spy out their future home. And of those 12, 10 come back with a negative report, and only two come back with a positive report. Here's what the 10 come back. They say, the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. But, but Joshua and Caleb had very different stories. They came with a positive report. They said, we can go and conquer the land. But how were their, their frame of references so different? It wasn't because Joshua and Caleb didn't see the giants. They saw the giants. They saw the opposition, but they just realized it was nothing compared to the opposition that their God brought. See, the 10 spies compared the giants to themselves, but Joshua and Caleb, they compared the giants to their God. 
See, faith in this season, it doesn't look like being blind to the opposition. It's having clear view that the opposition is nothing in comparison to the opposition of our overwhelming God. And so I want to encourage you today as we come and as we're about to hear a word from the Lord, I want you to close your eyes for a moment and just picture whatever the opposition in your life is. Just go ahead and picture that mountain in your life. Whatever that thing is that's coming against you because oftentimes we can feel like we have a bad report. We look at it and we see the opposition in comparison to ourselves and our own strength. But God wants to bring a message today that that opposition is nothing in comparison to his overwhelming love, his overwhelming peace, his overwhelming presence. So God, we thank you so much that no matter what the mountain is in our life, no matter what the opposition is that we're facing, it pales in comparison to the opposition that you bring, the overwhelming love, the overwhelming peace that is in our God. And so we thank you for that today in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Robert has an amazing word planned today, but check out these announcements. We're so glad you're here. Hey, everyone, and a very happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, including you. Here's some information about what's going on at Gateway Church. You know, even though so much is canceled or postponed lately, there are still so many ways you can connect with your Gateway community. You can follow us on social media, join your campus Facebook group, visit gatewaypeople.com connect or text connect to 71010. We're always posting encouraging content and we also have online classes, ways you can help others, worship videos and other information available. We're so excited to share that we have special online services just for our kids and students. There's cool videos, social media hangs, games, powerful worship, and encouraging words. To check out all the options, visit gatewaypeople.com connect. We also want you to know that if you need prayer for any reason right now, text connect to 71010. We have prayer teams at every campus ready and waiting to pray with you. And if you'd like to give today, you can do so online at gatewaypeople.com giving or on our mobile app. Hey, we pray many, many blessings over all the moms watching this. And we hope that you feel loved and cherished today. Thanks again for joining us. When the world shut down, she jumped into action. Normal was redefined. And now the class of 2020, Johnny Harrison. But she wouldn't let obstacles get in the way of our dreams. Her creativity found a way to make the impossible possible. Some preliminary numbers While taking care of business, she was taking care of life. Today I'm going to be showing you how to cut boys' hair at home. She saw a dump truck load of lemons and made the best lemonade ever. In a moment, her living room became a classroom. She stood in the path of an approaching enemy and said, not my family, not this time. Never have we needed those attributes more. And mom, you've met the challenge. For all you've done, thank you.
I'm going to tell you my personal study and my personal experience. You, you wouldn't be mad at me for telling you stories. As a matter of fact, you'd rejoice with me that something happened to me and I found a cure and I was simply telling you about it. That's the way I feel when I answer the question, how do I know there is a God? If you're going to have a worldview that, that helps your, your, the way you think and helps your soul to be at ease, it needs to address origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. So is it possible in the 99% of all knowledge you don't possess something exists? Yes, of course it is. So you can't say definitively it doesn't exist unless you have all knowledge. Now listen to me carefully. And I can tell you that there is a God because I've met him, I talk with him, and he's my friend. Well, hey, everyone, and happy, happy, happy Mother's Day. And just like the video we saw, mothers are doing everything through this pandemic. Uh, Debbie and I, she uh, follows uh, one of her friends online, and she showed me something funny that I want to show you. And you have to look closely at some of the spelling, but uh, I'm going to read it to you. It's a little boy that got homeschooled, but he spells it H-O-M-E-D, homed school. And uh, he kind of shares that... um, they're having some difficulty. So look at this uh, with me. Look at this little note. Homed school. It's by being homed school. It is not going good. My mom's getting stressed out. My mom is really getting confused. We took a break so my mom can figure this stuff out. And I'm telling you, it is not going good. <laughs> I just wonder how many of you ladies can relate to that. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I would feel the same way. And uh, hopefully you guys are jumping in there and helping with homeschool too. Uh, I had one uh, friend of mine that's helping with the math. And he said to me, when did they add letters to math? I agree. I agree. Very confusing. Should just be numbers. But moms, we love you, and I want to pray for you. I want to pray for all the mothers, but I also want to do something that I do every year, and that is I want to pray for the mothers who want to be mothers or the ladies who want to be mothers. I want to pray for those of you who are looking to adopt uh, or foster children. Uh, I just want to pray for every lady for God's will for your life. And I've been doing this since the beginning of the church, and we have had ladies who've had difficulty conceiving conceive around Mother's Day. And so just agree with me. We're going to bless the mothers, but we're also going to pray for ladies who want to be moms, and I'm going to stand in agreement with you, okay? So, Lord, I just want to tell you thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for mothers. Lord, I pray for your blessing today on them. I pray that they will feel your blessing this Mother's Day weekend. I pray, Lord, that they will not feel overwhelmed with all the things that are going on right now. I pray, Lord, for that extra grace. And we know it's not that you give extra grace, but it's that when we lean in, your grace is inexhaustible. So we pray, Lord, for that inexhaustible grace for every mom. And, Lord, I pray especially for mothers who've lost children, children who've gone on to be with the Lord. I pray, Lord, that 
even though this is a grieving time, that it will also be a victory time, that they'll know because of Jesus Christ, they'll see that child again. And I pray also, Lord, for ladies who are watching today that maybe they've had a medical diagnosis or their husband has, but they're having a difficulty conceiving. Lord, I pray for conception in Jesus' name. I pray, God, that you will, as you said in the Bible, open the wombs today. I pray you will open wombs today. And we know that children are a blessing, a heritage from the Lord. And so, Lord, we pray for that blessing. And I bless every mom and every lady who's watching me right now. Thank you, God, for these wonderful gifts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you know, we also are part of a group called Unite 714. Uh, I was on the original phone call. Pastor Jimmy and I were on that phone call with pastors uh, here in America and then all over the world eventually. We have churches all over the world that we're praying for a cure from heaven, from a, for a healing from heaven for this disease, this pandemic, this virus, COVID-19. But we're also praying for a revival. So uh, we read a prayer every weekend. Please don't get bored by reading a prayer. Just join with me because know that we are joining with churches all over the world. So here's the prayer. Living God, we humbly come before you in confidence, knowing you are a merciful and loving Father who hears our prayers from heaven. We unite before you as the church, a spiritual house of living stones, a holy priesthood. In the midst of this pandemic, we bring you our sacrifice of praise. We thank you for mitigating the effects of COVID-19. We realize that without your divine intervention and protection, the devastation wrought by this disease would be far greater. We are thankful today that, that what is impossible with man is possible with you. Lord, today we choose to praise you. In the face of pressure, panic, and pain, We choose to look beyond our circumstances and lift our hands to you. Comfort us in our weakness. Lift us up into your presence as we worship your holy name. Lord, today we choose to praise you. Your church unites to lift up sacrifices of praise. We are confident our world will experience a fresh outpouring of your divine presence and love. This will result in the conversion of untold millions You and you alone are worthy of our honor and worship. Lord, today we choose to praise you. This we pray and commit in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. Well, I'm in a four-week series. This is the second week. The series is called, How Do I Know? And last week I talked about how do I know there is a God. Next week will be, how do I know the Bible is true? But this week, the title of the message is, How Do I Know God Loves Me? Now, I want to remind you what I'm saying is, how do I know? So I'm telling you how I know through my study of Scripture, through my personal experience, how I know God loves me. And what I want to do is take you back to a story in John chapter 11. It's the raising of Lazarus from the dead, John chapter 11. And I want to show you some things maybe you've never seen, all right? John 11, verse 1. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. 
Therefore, the sisters sent to him, saying, I want you to watch what they said. Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. I just want to stop for a moment. Just notice uh, they didn't even say Lazarus. Now, he knows it's Mary and Martha sending this word through a messenger, but they said, he whom you love is sick. So he knew it was Lazarus. But I also want you to notice that Jesus loved Lazarus. He whom you love. So, so look again. Now, verse 4. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, the next two verses are extremely important. Verse 5. Now, Jesus loved. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, look at verse 6 carefully. So... When he heard that he was sick, he rushed right over. Is that what your Bible says? No. It says he stayed two more days in the place where he was. I want you to just notice that. That sentence makes no sense in the natural. It doesn't say, so he loved him. He loved, boy, he loved Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. So when he heard he was sick, he just went immediately, immediately, doesn't say that. It says he stayed two more days. It's, it seems like it should say he loved them, but he had to stay two more days. But it doesn't say that. It says he loved them, so he stayed two more days. Now, that makes me wonder, why did he stay two more days? And why would it say he loved them, so he stayed two more days? See, I think so many times in Scripture, we read over things like this. So many times we're reading along in Scripture, and we see something like this, and we just kind of keep going, and we just think, and we don't even look at the wording. But the Bible is God's Word. I'm going to talk to you about that next week. And so when we see something that says, uh, He loved them, so He stayed two more days, He didn't rush, we need to ask ourselves why. So there's first a couple of things I want you to notice, all right? Um, there's an earthly conversation and a heavenly conversation going on. There's always an earthly conversation and a heavenly conversation going on. The problem is, like in this uh, virus right now, in this pandemic, we get caught up too many times in the earthly conversation. When are the businesses going to open back up? When's the economy going to spring back? When are they going to find a cure or a vaccine instead of the heavenly conversation? So I want to show you how clear it is in the next few verses I read. Um, John 11, verse 11. These things, things he said, and after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps. Okay, that's heavenly language for is dead. That's what that is. But he's using heavenly language. Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Okay, that's heavenly language for raise the dude from the dead. That's what that means. Raise the dude from the dead. That's straight out of the Greek, by the way, if you want to know. That I may wake him up. See the heavenly language? Then his disciples said, well, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. Okay, that's earthly language. They're, they're on an earthly plane right now. Jesus is on a heavenly plane. However, Jesus spoke of his death but they thought he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them, plainly, Lazarus is dead. You know, I kind of 
one of you said idiots. You know what I mean? Just laugh. He's dead. He's dead. You're not listening. You're not following me right now. Here's the reason I'm saying that. I think we have a tendency to have earthly discussions about heavenly issues. Uh, I know a lot of businesses are suffering right now. I am really praying. Obviously, I'm praying for healing of this disease. I'm praying for our medical officials. I'm praying for our government leaders right now. But I'm praying that businesses can reopen. Um, And I know there's some smaller churches that need to reopen. Uh, Many larger churches, we're used to doing church online. and, And we're helping more people, reaching more people. Things are going great. We're really able to help a lot of people right now. So I'm not even praying that the church is reopened yet, but I'm praying that business is reopened. I think a lot of business leaders um, had a very difficult time when May came around, May 1st, and businesses didn't get to open back up. I know some did at 25% capacity, but some didn't. But I just want to say to you, (laughs) um, are you having an earthly conversation about it? Are you having a heavenly conversation about it? Now, I want you to think about what we just read. It says that Jesus loved Lazarus and Martha and Mary, but when he heard he was sick, he stayed two more days. Actually said so when he heard he stayed two more days. Okay. I'm wondering if years later, uh, when they got to heaven, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and they're talking to John, who wrote the book of John, and... Um, they, and John, and they say, so when Jesus heard, um, I guess he was busy because he didn't show up immediately. Took him a little while to get there. Um, so what, what, we're wondering, what, what was he doing? And John said, oh, we didn't do anything. No, no, Jesus, was, the crusade was over. Uh, we, just, he, we just sat around for two days. We just sat around. And I'm wondering if Mary and Martha and Lazarus found Jesus one day and said, hey, um, you know, no hard feelings, because I know you raised him from the dead, and everything turned out okay. But, you know, we were talking to John, and um, John said you didn't rush right over, and you weren't busy. And uh, John said y'all just sat around for two days. And so we just wanted to um, ask you about that. Why did you do that? So here is what Jesus would have said if they would have said, why did you wait two more days? Here's what Jesus would have said. Because I love you. That's what the Bible says. We just read it. John chapter 11, verse 5 and 6. Jesus loved them, so when he heard he was sick, he waited two days. Because I love you. That's why. Here's why I'm saying all this, and I'm taking a little time before I even get my points. Why don't you ask Jesus, what are you doing in my life right now? With all this stuff and the business, what are you doing in my heart? What are you doing in my life? And let me tell you why he's doing it. Because he loves you. Uh, Lazarus, by the way, Jesus did something for him that he didn't do for any person who's ever lived. Now, I know you think you got me, but you don't. (laughs) Um, You're thinking, well, he raised other people from the dead. Yes, he did, but not after four days. Lazarus is the only person he raised from the dead after four days. Uh, the son of the widow, he raised on the day he died because it's Jewish custom to bury on the day they die. 
Jesus was buried on the day he died. They didn't even have time to embalm the body, so they came back on Sunday to do that, and of course he'd risen. Um, so they're in the funeral procession. It's the son of a widow. Jesus raises him from the dead on the day he died. Uh, Jesus raised Jairus' daughter on the day she died. She's in the same room, and they're on the way. She's sick. Uh, a messenger comes, says, don't bother the teacher anymore. The little girl's dead. Jesus said, only believe. They get there. He raises Jairus' daughter from the dead on the day she died. Listen, Jesus didn't even raise himself after four days. He raised himself after three. Now, here's the reason, by the way, if you don't know this, the scripture says you will not allow your holy one to see corruption. Corruption sets in on the fourth day. Uh, we would call it putrefaction. Uh, let me tell you how Martha said it in the old King James. When Jesus said, roll away the stone, Martha said, behold, he stinketh. <laughs> that, that was her way to say, it's too long to roll away the stone, Lord. Uh, four days. The reason he waited two days, it's a, it was a day's journey from where Jesus was to where Lazarus was. Now, a lot of people have it confused because Jesus was in Bethany, but he, there are two Bethanies. He was in Bethany on the other side of the Galilee, and this was Bethany where Lazarus was a mile and a half from Jerusalem. So it was a day's journey from where Jesus was. So when the messenger came to tell Jesus that Lazarus was sick, when he left the house and took the day's journey, Lazarus died. And when the messenger left, it took the messenger a day to get there. They waited two days. And then it took Jesus a day to get there. That's how you get the four days. You know why Jesus waited two days? Because he wanted to do something for Lazarus that was incredible. By the way, Jesus raised other people from the dead. He walked on the water. He fed multitudes. The raising of Lazarus is what sealed his fate. This is when the chief priests and scribes said, we have to kill him because too many people are believing. And it says very clearly, John 12, many people believed because Lazarus was raised from the dead. Because he was raised four days after death. So Jesus wanted to do something that was unprecedented. And in the end, it was going to be great for Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. I'm just wondering if Jesus is doing something now that's unprecedented, but we're still having earthly conversations. All right. So I've got three questions that I want to ask God. And um, they're tough questions, but they're going to lead us to how we know God loves us. All right. So here's question number one. Why did you, notice I underline you and capitalize it because I'm talking to God. Why did you create pain? I'm asking God, why did you create pain? Here's his answer. Because I love you. Because I love you. Now, I know you're thinking, I don't understand that. Okay. Um, pain is to help us or keep us from hurting ourselves more. That's what pain's for. Uh, today... We have these sliding glass doors, and I was holding something, and I was kind of closing it like this, and I felt a little bit of pressure on my little finger. And I realized, oh, my finger's in there, so I pulled it out. It's just a little pressure, but I felt it, pulled it out, and then shut the sliding glass door. You know what that little pressure did? Kept me from hurting myself more. Because if I couldn't feel that, I'd just close the door and, and probably broken the bone. See what I'm saying? So pain keeps you from hurting yourself more. Let me tell you who really did the breakthrough discovery on this. Um, Dr. Paul Brand, 
Uh, he's from India, and he worked for 20 years in a leprosarium. Uh, a, a hospital treats lepers or people who have Hansen's disease. For thousands of years, they believed that the bacteria that causes leprosy would eat away at the flesh. Thousands of years. They had lepers in Jesus' day, and they found skeletal remains from 2,000 years B.C., of people they say had leprosy and died from leprosy. And so it would, they believe that the bacteria would eat away the flesh, but that's not what happens. What happens is the bacteria eats away the nerves so that you can't feel pain. And then these people, because they couldn't feel pain, were doing things and injuring themselves because they couldn't feel pain. There was a, a, a man that was working with a hoe, and his flesh was just being torn completely up, and they realized that there was a nail sticking out of the handle of the hoe and every time he would do it, it was just cutting his hand, but he couldn't feel the pain. Uh, Dr. Brand one day was trying to open a padlock, a rusted padlock, with this key, and he couldn't get it open. And a little 12-year-old boy came by that had leprosy, and he said, here, Dr. Brand, let me do that. And he just, he, he did it, he opened it, but Dr. Brand knew immediately what happened. He took, he said, oh, let me look, and he turned his finger over, and he sliced it all the way to the bone because he couldn't feel the pain. So Dr. Brand's the one that discovered it's not bacteria eating away the flesh, it's, it's uh, them injuring themselves and the flesh then getting infected and the infection eating away the flesh. But there's another part to this, and this is kind of tough to tell you, but let me tell you, sometimes they would go, this is for years, uh, lepers would lose their appendages, fingers and toes, and they thought it was the bacteria doing it, but it wasn't. Uh, it was the infection from them hurting themselves because they couldn't feel pain but then there were times when they'd go to bed and they'd have that much of their finger missing, but they'd wake up and they'd have that much of their finger missing, more of their finger. And so this was in the 1970s, and they put cameras in the rooms. And I know this is going to be tough to hear, but they discovered that rats were coming into the rooms and eating the appendages at night as the lepers slept. And the lepers, though, couldn't feel it. So they would go to bed with a quarter of their finger missing, and wake up half their finger missing. Dr. Brand's the one that discovered that. Um, by the way, he was a Christian, and so he prayed and said, God, what do we do? What do we do? And God gave him the answer. <laughs> and so every leper got a cat. <laughs> God provided for rats with cats. They, rats, cats. That's, that's what cats are good. Okay, never mind. Uh, but every leper got a cat that took care of the rats coming in the rooms tonight. So um, let me give you some more examples, all right? One of an NBA player that he um, uh, hurt his ankle before the championship game. This was several years ago. And he wanted to play, so he had the doctors put painkillers in his ankle. And he went out to play the championship game. He came down on his ankle the wrong way. It broke a bone in it, but because he couldn't feel the pain, he kept playing. He ran up and down the court two more times and then broke his ankle so bad that the injury was permanent and he could never walk straight again and he couldn't play for the rest of his life basketball because he couldn't feel the pain. See, the pain was telling him something was wrong. By the way, Dr. Brand um, invented gloves for the lepers to try to give them feeling or somehow let them know when they were hurting themselves, holding something too tightly or cutting themselves. And at first it would make a noise but they would just keep working through the noise. So then he had it hooked up where it would shock the back of their neck. That's the last place they would lose feeling. So it would send an electrical shock to the back of their neck, and then the lepers would just turn it off. So he fixed it where they couldn't turn it off, and then they would just unplug it. 
And this is what Dr. Brand's uh, conclusion was. He said, I fear that our society does the same thing. That something happens and we use medicine to turn the pain off instead of asking our bodies, why do I have this pain? I remember after reading this uh, book and learning about this, I remember uh, a few weeks later I got a headache and I went to get some Tylenol and I thought, wait, 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 what's my body trying to tell me? And I thought, you know, I didn't sleep very well last night. So instead of taking Tylenol, I went and took a nap. Middle of the day, woke up, no headache. It's just amazing when we start listening to our bodies. Um, I, uh, I just want to say one more thing about the lepers because we're talking about why did God create pain. Uh, Dr. Brand also discovered that the uh, suicide rate was astronomically high among lepers compared to the rest of society. And here's the reason why, as he began the interview of psychologically to find out, because they couldn't feel pain, they couldn't feel pleasure. They couldn't feel if someone hugged them, and they couldn't feel if someone gave them a pat on the back. The same nerves that allowed them to feel pain allowed them to feel pleasure. See, God designed our body, and he knew what he was doing. So my first question is, why did you create pain? And I, I've spent more time on the intro. The next two points aren't as long in the first point. So just stay with me. Why did you create pain? God's answer would be because I love you. I don't want you to hurt yourself more. So my second question for God is this. Why did you create suffering? Why did you create suffering? Okay, here's God's answer. I didn't. I didn't create suffering. Suffering entered the world when sin entered the world. When sin entered the world, sickness, disease, poverty, war, injustice, COVID-19, everything came in the world that's evil when sin came in the world. God did not create COVID-19. God's not sending that on us as judgment. God did not come to condemn the world. It is so clear. John 3, read it. He sent his son not to condemn the world, but to forgive the world, that the world through him might be saved. God is not trying to condemn you. He loves us. He wants to save us. He loves us. So God did not create suffering. Here's what some, I talked about atheism and agnosticism last week. Here's what some people say who don't believe in God. They look around at the injustices and all that's going on in the world. And here's what they say. Is this the best God can do? Because if it's the best God can do, then I don't want to know him. Well, I want, I'll answer that question for you. You would say to me, is this the best he can do? No, this is the best we can do. If God made a mistake when he created us, and he didn't, he didn't. But if he did, it would have been giving us a free will. That's what's caused the problems in this world. And I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to say straight out, if your business partner did you wrong, it's because he has a free will. Not because God did it. Your ex-spouse has a free will. Your children have free wills. Your parents have free wills. Your friends have free wills. Suffering comes because mankind has a free will and chooses not to do it God's way. So all of these things, I'm just telling you, if you ask God, why did you do this to me? Sometimes the answer is because I love you, but sometimes the answer is I didn't do that. Some of you know, um, in March, I had a fever for 23 days. It wasn't COVID-19. It was just another virus that was going around. 
23 days out of fever. And sometimes I'd wake up in just a pool of sweat. And uh, I nearly always wake up with a song going through my mind. Nearly always. Just, you, you just think about those old, beautiful hymns, you know. And nearly every day I wake up with a song going through my mind. So one day when I had this fever, I woke up with this song going through my mind. Now, I'm going to shock you a little bit. <clears throat> it was an old song, uh, but it was from Hee Haw. I don't know how many of you remember the television show Hee Haw, Picking and Grinning. Thomas, you remember that? With uh, Buck Owens and Roy Clark. Okay. And this is a song that was going through my mind when I woke up with fever. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. If it weren't for bad luck, great grammar, by the way. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to need a different song for today, please. And just like that, here's the song that came to my mind. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. See, Jesus wasn't giving me that fever. But he loved me anyway. And he helped me get through that time. So why did you create suffering? He didn't. And here's my third point. Why did you suffer? This is one of the greatest truths in the Bible. The creator became the creation. And he didn't exempt himself from suffering. So here's his answer. God, why did you suffer? Here's the answer. Because I love you. Now, I want you to hear me. I've given you two answers today to three questions, but two answers. Because I love you and I didn't. I want you to think about this. Those two answers will answer almost every why question that you have. Why did you do this, God? Here's his answer sometimes. I didn't do that. I did not do that. And here's another one. God, why are you allowing this to happen? Because I love you. I'm telling you, I know some of you are out of work. I know your businesses have closed. I know you're going through a tough time. I'm so sorry. I promise you, we're praying for you. Every day we're praying for you. But I want to remind you, God loves you. God loves you. I had a pastor friend of mine call me years ago. I was going through a tough time, really tough. I mean, just hard to describe how tough it was. And I had a pastor friend of mine call me and said, Robert, I just felt like I was supposed to call you and tell you this story that he said God just put on my heart. He said, years ago, I had a faction in the church coming against me. Now, that wasn't what was going on at Gateway, but I just had some trouble going on in my life and some hurt and all sorts of things, and I had an attack of the enemy coming against me. But he said I had about 200 people in the church that were mad at me and coming against me. And he said, and at the same time that that was happening, my mother tried to commit suicide, and she wasn't saved. And then he said my wife got hit by an 18-wheeler. And he said, I'm in the hospital. I go to the hospital, and they won't even let me stay in the room with my wife. She's bloody, bruised. I got in for about one minute, and they told me to leave. And he said, I, I walked out. I went to the waiting room, and I was all by myself at that point. And I just walked over the corner, and I said, God, are you trying to tell me something? 
And the Lord said, I am. He said, what are you trying to tell me? He said, I'm trying to tell you I love you. He said, is this how you're trying to tell me? He said, no, no, son. I didn't do any of these problems in your life. I didn't do any of this. This all comes from living in a fallen world. But I am trying to tell you, even in the midst of all this, I'm trying to tell you I love you. Well, his wife was okay. Only one broken toe through the whole thing. She got out, recovered. He led both of his parents to Christ. They would sit in the parking lot an hour and a half before church. So excited about church. These 200 people that were mad at him left, went somewhere else, and he said, and I look back on that time, and that's the time when pastoring changed for me from being a burden to being a blessing. I'm wondering if right now, Something in your life could change from being a burden to being a blessing. And it might depend on how you look at it. God didn't do it, but he does love you. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just want you to take a moment. We do this nearly every week and just say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Just take a moment. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? And don't let the earthly conversation take over in your heart and in your mind and be louder than the heavenly conversation that God loves you. Lord, I pray that you would speak. I I believe you're speaking to many, many people, but very specifically right now. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you will speak specifically that we can know that we know that we know. Not only is there a God, but that God loves us so much that he sent his own son to die for us and to purchase our eternal salvation. So Lord, we want to tell you thank you and we want to walk through this time with joy and with victory and trust you and know that you love us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us at Gateway Church today. And I'm going to continue this series next week. I hope to see you then. What an amazing message from Pastor Robert. Maybe you feel like the man that he shared in that story that felt like his entire world was crumbling around him, but God still had a plan. If that's you, if you feel like the world around you is falling apart, we want to encourage you that God has a plan for your life but maybe you've never given your life to the Lord. And if that's you, we want to say a prayer right now. I'm going to say a very simple prayer. And if you need to give your life to the Lord, I just want you to repeat that prayer after me, but pray it in your heart. So I want to encourage everyone to close their eyes right now. And if you need to pray that prayer, repeat after me, Jesus, wherever you are, say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you that you rose from the dead so I could be a new creation. I repent from my sins and I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. And if you made that decision today, we wanna celebrate with you and welcome you to the family of God. We'd also love to help you with your next steps so you can text the word decision to 71010. 
and everybody watching and joining us today. If you need prayer for anything, you can text the word CONNECT to 71010. We would absolutely love to pray with you. Thank you for joining us this weekend. We pray you have a blessed week. And to all the mothers tuning in online, we want to wish you a happy Mother's Day.